Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you Monday to Friday at 10 a.m. UK time. I'm joined by Bailey. How you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, I'm good, Cece. How are you, mate? Not too shabby, not too shabby. Uh, we, we should start off by saying that we hope that Chris is having a, a wonderful holiday. Um, he's obviously away this week, so uh, you're going to have to get used to these ugly mugs for a week, I'm afraid. No, Chris, uh, but we hope that he's having a fantastic time uh, whilst he is indeed away. Uh, but we kick off. It's funny, Chris leaves and then it all kicks off. Uh, Arsenal uh, effectively have confirmed uh, now at this point, Gabriel Jesus will become an Arsenal player for Brizio Romano, reporting that it is here we go, as you like. Um, um, Bailey, what's your reaction to, to this news? Yeah, it excited me. I'm very, very excited. I think finally it's been in the works for so, so long. And I was happy we've been able to get it over the line. I think this transfer epitomised Edu in this window has been proactive rather than reactive. And it's so good to see we've brought in, of course, Fabio Fiera, Marquinhos, and now, and now Gabriel Jesus, of course, Matt Turner's also set to come through the door. I can't. Mm recall another transfer window where we've been so efficient and so, and so quick with what, what we want to do. It was almost like we were going to complete our transfer business before uh, before the season starts. And I can't remember a time where we've actually done that. I remember our June 2012-2013 uh, season, mm. we was quite, we've done quite well for that. But but this season, we seem to do it again. And it's wonderful to see, get the players in for pre-season, get them used to the side and we can get a really good start to the season, which which we couldn't do uh, last last season. So hopefully Arteta has learned his lesson, Edu has learned his lesson and it's a big window for Arsenal. Most importantly, what I like to see is rival fans trying to play down the transfer of Gabriel Jesus because they know he's a threat and they know what he will offer to our team. It's a Mikel Arteta signing, Arteta is getting the players he wants. And now this year, there's no excuses now. We have to get Champions League football and Jesus will definitely be the spearhead in Arsenal trying to achieve that. Mm, absolutely good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box hope you're doing good hope you're doing well um it's interesting you say about no excuses i, I talked about this over the weekend about kind of this idea about piling the pressure on in, in june um talk, talk me through kind of where your head's at with that like because i i've seen a lot of people use those words these last kind of week or so and whilst i'm you know i get the, the you know i get the precedent i get the idea um and I get the opinion. But for me, like, I- I'm not putting the pressure on now. You know, I'm not saying there's no excuses now. I mean, I'll wait till the season starts and see how we get on. Like, um, I'm just kind of praising the business that we're doing. What do you think? No, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I'd say even right after the game against Everton, my, my I'd have the same opinion. Next year, there's no excuses not to get Champions League football. That is a target now because we can't keep falling at the same hurdle. Next year has to be Champions League football. And this transfer window so far has shown us, it's putting us even in an even better position to, to qualify for the Champions League. I think Arteta now has been at Arsenal a fair amount of time. And mm. next season, the goal is Champions League, whether that is through the Europa League 
whether that is through the Premier League, as long as we're playing in that competition and the, the target is set, I think that target should have been set from, from the last summer, uh, from sorry, from the last game of last season. And mm-hmm. now with this impressive chance window that we're having, this just uh, emphasises the point that we need to qualify for Europe's elite competition. I know Jesus come to Arsenal thinking that next year we'll be playing in the big leagues. Of course, I must mention as well, it's gone under, it's gone a bit quiet, but Kai Saka, players like that, still needs to sign a new contract, remember. So if we mm. want to keep those type of players, then we are going to need to next season qualify for the for the big competition. Yeah, Arteta's running out of time until he starts facing the media again and oh, gets yeah. asked those questions. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, it was said to be a priority, you know, this summer for Kai Saka's contract. Jesus arriving, though, obviously getting back to kind of that main topic is, is a big coup for the club. It was said that Arteta and Edu were instrumental you know in convincing Jesus to choose Arsenal because there was interest from uh, Chelsea there was interest from Juventus there was interest from Real Madrid we heard as well uh, Tottenham of course too uh, there were said to be six teams that really came in for Jesus during this period what do you think this says about Arteta and Edu and the fact that Arsenal without Champions League football can still convince Jesus to come here We've got a promising project I think last season despite not as we said not getting what we really wanted towards the end there was a showcase of young talent coming through at Arsenal and really showing that there's a future at the club and there's a, there's progression at the club that we can qualify for the, for the big competitions. And we will be a, a problem in, in a few seasons, of course. You have already have good youngsters at the club. We're building a st- strong, solid foundation. So it's no surprise that a player, let's say 25 years old or younger, would want to come to Arsenal and want to be a part of this. And I know, of course, Gabriel Jesus, being Brazilian, has the links with Edu. Being at Manchester City, has the links with Mikel Arteta when he was a coach. So I know that definitely did play a part. But again, there's really a, a good energy around Arsenal right now. And I think players are starting to warm up to the idea of being a part of a, a promising project. And let's not forget, Arsenal are a very, very big club. It's not like we, we're a small club, of course. We've had amazing, uh, we have an amazing history and that also plays its part as well. So Arsenal is still an attractive destination in London, etc. So mm. yeah, it was always an attractive destination. It's just that you have to sell your project. And right now, Arteta has a promising project to sell to players who want to join the club who are 25 years old or, or younger, for example. Uh, Mayor Francis Nyoli says uh, Jesus is a fantastic addition. Parte Tomiyasu and Tierney returning to full fitness is wonderful news as well. Get Rafinha and Tillemans. Let's start with a win at Selhurst Park. Henry says no excuses is just a way for the fools that write us off to say I told you I was right. So we've made a massive statement. Uh, just enjoy the ride. Are you, are you a massive fool? I think that's harsh, Emery. I think that it's a fair position to say, you know, that, you, that there are quote unquote no excuses next season. You know, I'm just personally not choosing to put myself in that camp right now. I want to see where we go. Um, I want to see what we achieve next season. I want to see what the rest of the window holds because we're not done. You know, there's a lot more work that, that needs to be done and we need to make sure that we don't leave ourselves short come the start of the season. Um, let's go to Lynn who says, uh, replying to Marcus's comment, who said, do you think we should spend the money on Rafinha on other positions such as centimeter or a versatile defender? Is it strange buying a player in the same position as our best player? And Lynn says, Marcus, don't you think that Saka needs competition to enable him to grow as a player? I think that if, say, we don't get a centre mid. There will be questions for the club why we spent 60 million plus on a player that we already have Saka in when we needed a central midfielder. Yeah, I agree with you, TC. I think the decision to to extend on in his contract, of course, what you reported, TC, uh, the decision to keep Samuel Congo at the club is quite telling for me. I think um, it did kind of deprioritize the midfielder position. Of course, we signed Fabio Fiera, but it's clear 
Arsenal wants Rafinha. I think Arteta's been wanting Rafinha for time now. And the fact that it's become available for a transfer, it's one you can't pass up and you need to pay big, the big bucks to get the best players. And I also believe that Saka and Rafinha will both be starting together. I think Saka might move towards the left-hand side with Rafinha on mm. the right-hand side. I can't see those two benching each other. I don't think you pay £65 million just to create competition for another player in the team. I, I do believe he will start. But yeah, just going back to the original point with the midfield position, I think people will be a bit disgruntled about that. But thank you, Henry. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I think people will be disgruntled. But a midfielder, we have a lot of midfielders at the club. Albeit, I believe we do need to sign another midfielder. But again, you can look back. We have a lot of depth in terms of Samuel Okonga, Mohamed Elneny, Thomas Partey, Granit Shaka. Of mm. course, we have youngsters still like Charlie Patino in the ranks as well. And if we sign Lissandro Martinez, he will also go as a midfield option as well. So I think that could be Arsenal's thinking at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thinking about Rafinha and going back to that point, you know, last night we saw a report come out from Sport, uh, based in Barcelona, of course, uh, saying that Arsenal had pulled out of the race to sign Rafinha and that Rafinha was blocking all calls from English clubs. I mean, have you ever seen a job to try and, you know, destabilise kind of the Arsenal approach for a player that comes from what is known very well as the mouthpiece of Barcelona in Dario's It was oh, quite funny. You see, they tried to put a rain on our sunshine because Jack, Jesus was just being announced. Everyone was excited over Jesus and someone tried to drop a bomb from the sky and just say, look, Rafinha, we've pulled out Rafinha, guys. Stop being happy, Arsenal fans. You're not allowed to be happy if you make a good <laughs> signing. That's what it felt like, but I don't think that is the case. Arsenal don't suddenly pull out after making a bid for, for, for Rafinha and being quoted to make a second bid. I think that was harsh mm. from the from the, from, the, from the outlet to, to say that uh, we've pulled out of the race and we was excited about Jesus. Come on, you can't do that. Yeah, it was like it almost linked Jesus's capture to the Rafinha deal. Like those yeah. two have never been linked at all in any way. It wasn't a case of one or the other. Arsenal have gone for both uh, and they're trying to get both. So if that was a case of putting one and one together and getting 57, you know, it, it really didn't correlate at all to, to what was going on. Rafinha is is very amenable to Arsenal. It's no secret that Barcelona has been his preference, you know, throughout the summer, but Barcelona's financial situation makes it difficult. If they end up selling someone like Frankie Dion, maybe that changes things, although then you'd have to question, well, surely they have to bring in a midfielder to replace Dion that they're going to lose as well. So where does that money go? If Osmano Dembele ends up staying, will that affect, you know, the possibility of getting Rafinha? Arsenal have already had one bid rejected and Arsenal don't bid for players unless they've been given kind of a go-ahead from a player's camp. Um, to push ahead. It would make zero sense, hence why we didn't bid for Vlaovic in January because we never got the go-ahead from the players' side of things. So I think if Arsenal were able to agree a fee with Leeds, with which there is said to be a meeting taking place this week, hopefully it's a deal that Arsenal can still get done. But there is competition for beyond just Barca. You know, Chelsea, Spurs also said to be interested. Uh, we've also been pushed for this Lissandra Martinez side of things. I saw a question from Melanie. Are we still going for Lissandra Martinez? And the answer to that question is yes, we are still pushing to try and sign him. It's going to be difficult. Ajax wants a lot of money. Arsenal have got a certain budget that they need to you know, work with. And it might be a case of seeing how much Leeds end up demanding for Rafinha before they overcommit for Lissandra Martinez, especially because there is interest still in, in central midfielders and, and perhaps other areas too. So we'll see how this one plays out, but you're sure, you can be sure that we'll keep you up to date with all of that on the channel as it comes through. Now, the final topic before we take some questions from the chat book, so I do start getting those in there, guys, is that today is the return of pre-season for the players. Um, 
And there's going to be some awkwardness, let's be real. There's going to be some awkwardness at the at London Colony as players like Hector Bellerin, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, Pablo Marie uh, all return despite the fact that it is expected that they are moving on and more importantly that they want to move on. How's that dynamic going to be, uh, Bailey? <laughs> yeah, it's a weird one. It just reminds me of chapters in the past such as... Uh... Robert Van Persie, Terry, when they come back to from three season, you know they're out, you know they're leaving, but they have to return. It is an awkward one. But again, you mentioned two players there who I reckon if personally, if they didn't if they didn't have the intention to leave the club, I'd like them to stay in Bellerin and Maitland now. I think there's an opportunity for you to, to stake your claim in the squad. But of course, I think they both want to depart from the club. Mm. And at the end of the day, it's their job. They get paid to, to work and they've got to come into training and do preseason, also get fit for themselves. So if they do move to another club straight away. They can they can join the other club and be up to be up to spe- be up to speed rather than having to catch up. So, yeah, they're going to come back. It's going to be awkward. There's going to be players in the dressing room we are definitely not going to see at the start of the, at the start of the Premier League season. But we have to have to bring them back. Who knows? Some players might have a wonderful preseason, which changes Arteta's thinking, and maybe they could stake their claim back into the team. I know players in the mm. past have impressive preseason. And it's changed their dynamic, changed their their careers almost at, at Arsenal. So there's another chance for that to happen again. Absolutely. Um, Mark is saying, do we think that those who want to go would train separately? I don't think so. Um, you know, that, that only usually happens if there's genuinely a, an issue, like if there's problems, if a player comes back and is just like, I don't want to be here. Um, and obviously the, the club usually reacts by making them train by themselves. But, you know, Arsenal have not tended to have those issues. The most recent one we know of was, of course, a Bamiang and when there was those obvious problems. But when it comes to these types of things, they just tend to train with the, the group as Rafinha, of course, will when he returns to Leeds if he does, doesn't secure a move before that point. Gabriel Jesus, of course, is on an extended holiday uh, after playing with the Brazilian national side like Rafinha. If that deal is now done, I don't expect him to go and train with Man City anymore. He will come straight to Arsenal in the start of July, I would imagine. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. But no, I don't think there will be players playing uh, or training separately right now unless there is, of course real resistance when they do return um let's go to andreas who says should patino be loaned out if we sign a center mid and lisandro martinez what do you make of that yeah i think i'd like him to be loaned out regardless i think he's the talent is obviously there i'd take it back to Nottingham forest where he looked physically i think he struggled physically i think he needs to experience more men match uh men football matches because he just couldn't deal with the deal with the physicality at times i think it would be good for him just to get a loan for a season and then come back next year and come back and then fight fight for a place in the squad, possibly. Yeah. Uh, Ian says, uh, I think we will see the back of players that need to move late in the window. And I do agree with this because, you know, these are players that clubs know are going to be on the move, clubs know are available, um, and Arsenal are going to try and demand maximum money for them as, as they can. But as you get closer towards the end of the window, it's it's a it's a problem, you know, because Arsenal are going to have to start accepting lower bids, lower fees of players because they want they're desperate to move them on. They don't want to be stuck with the wages that they're going to have to pay, and they want to be able to reinvest the money as soon as possible. So they might end up accepting lower than they originally were hoping for. And you know, this is where I have a bit of sympathy for Edu and that, you know, for the sales department because we've been lumbered with players for a significant period of time that we're trying to move on that we've not necessarily that haven't been part of the regime that have brought them in. You know, there's a lot of those players at the club now that need to be moved on and and hopefully we can achieve that. Uh, Jean says Aziz loan sucked uh, at Portsmouth last season. It did. It didn't go too well. You know, it wasn't a great loan. There were some games where he did impress 
And ultimately, the club felt it was necessary to kind of bring him back to the club in January. He then was part of the under-23s for the second half of the season. Loans are important. I mean, Mika Bira scored twice on his debut uh, whilst he's been on loan only briefly in the Netherlands. Um, so you can see some loans go really well. Nikolai Moller went to Germany and the Netherlands and did nothing, you know, barely scored. Tyrese John Jules went to Blackpool, didn't score, went to Sheffield Wednesday, got injured straight away. Nothing happened, has now gone to Ipswich up this summer on loan as well. Loans are important, but they are not guarantees that, you know, you'll see success. So, I think it's better seeing them get opportunities to play senior football than just sticking with, um, you know, the the under 23s because it is for some, especially the likes of Mika Bira, Patino, a bit of a playground at this point because they're just above that level that they will need it. Uh, and Ian points out that Rhys Nelson's loan went well at final and it certainly did. And I got to the final of a European Cup. So uh, we'll see what happens with him. I do expect him to be one of those that moves on, but uh, he'll return, I think, to the group without any kind of animosity or awkwardness, to be fair. Uh, I think that one will be fine. Uh, Lynn says, do you think that if we want Rafinha, Edu must put in the bid maybe today because Barca might have more money to spend tomorrow? What do you think about that? Yeah, these are ones you don't know. You just don't know. I, mm. I don't know what's happening at the negotiation tables. Arsenal could have submitted a bid yesterday. We just we were sworn here about it until a few in a few days' time. Possibly, yeah. I think it's a one where you can't predict or predict the the speed of a transfer. I think that's the hardest thing to do because you just don't know behind the scenes. For example, Barcelona might not even be interested, or Barcelona might have already submitted their bid. Now they've sold Frankie De Jong. You just don't know. But but I think this week we will get some clarity about what is happening. Hopefully uh, by. Friday, once Friday hits, we know if Rafinha's coming to Arsenal or if he's not. Mm, absolutely. Uh, Mohamed says, mate, please tell me how many players uh, will a team register for the Premier League and how that homegrown and the others works. So you have a 25-man squad. Um, that's how it works. You're allowed 17 non-homegrown players. Uh, and so therefore you need at least eight homegrown players, of which now this season Martinelli and Saliba both count towards, um, which is really, really good. Um, there's also rules about certain age groups of players, like some players you don't need to register because they're under a certain age. You know, Saka uh, has been has been like that for quite some time. We've not actually needed to, you know, have him as part of the 25-man group, if you like, because if he's been under a certain age, that does change um, very soon. Uh, Smith Rowe will have to be registered. He becomes, of course, one of those homegrown players. Ben White, Aaron Ramsdale, of course, are homegrown players. Uh, if Anthony Maitland-Niles stays, he would count towards that as well. Um Matt Turner would be a brand new non-homegrown player, as will uh, Gabriel Jesus. I don't think he qualified. He joined Man City too late, so I don't think he would have qualified. So he'll be non-homegrown. But we have players moving on that were part of that group. You know, players that Alexandre Lacazette was non-homegrown, has moved on. Um, we're looking like we'll move on Pablo Marie, who was a non-homegrown player. Bernd Leno was a non-homegrown player. Nuno Tavares might move on, and he would count towards the non-homegrown bracket this season as well because he's now 22 years of age you know uh, we've moved on a fair few players Bailey and and you know I don't think it's necessarily too much of an issue but when you're looking at that 25 man squad there were four places Gabriel Jesus takes up one of those four with three spots left two of those you think are being earmarked for Rafinha and Lissandra Martinez the last one you're looking at is probably a centre midfielder but are you worried that that might not get filled this season? 
Um, for me, if that gets fueled, it will be a late one. I think that that last yeah. spot will be dependent on, for example, if, as you, if we consult the players that we mentioned, Nicola Pepe also, if he does leave the club, I think that will be dependent on that. As uh, I don't want Arsenal to rush a signing or feel like they need to force a signing. Of course, I'd like to see Tillemans come through the door, but of course, Arsenal must have an issue with that transfer. There must be a mm. reason why they're not deciding to pursue it. So maybe that is not the man to, to, to come through the door. But again, we shouldn't rush the transfer just because there's, there's an extra spot there. You don't know. You might get to January. You might not be able to sell any players, but there might be a player that becomes available and could help you uh, push for the for the last six months of the season. And you decide to wait until January and that could be more useful. Absolutely. Um, we're going to wrap things up in just a second. There's a couple more questions. Cass says, what are you going to, what's going to happen with Ballard? Will another club come in for him? There's lots of time left in the window. I'd be shocked if Ballard is still at the club come the end of the window. To be honest, I think he will eventually move on from the club. Um, Ronnie says, what do you think about Depay as an alternative? Is that a yes or a no if, he, if we can't get Rafinha? It's a no for me. It's a no for me. It's a no for me too. Um, Vinny says, have there actually been any links with Pepe? The only links that we know of is interest from the likes of Marseille and Lyon and uh, Sevilla, but there's been nothing concrete, you know, at this stage. And he will be one of those players that returns for preseason um, soon. I think he played some games with the Ivory Coast, um, but yeah, he will return shortly. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting one as well. Uh, and finally, Mayor Francis Nioli says, uh, with five substitutions taking effect this season, um, I think Edu and Arteta both have a grand plan to compete very well with all these signings. I think Arsenal know that that five subs rule is a big, big statement to mm-hmm. increase the gap between the big teams and the lesser sides in the Premier League. If you're a side like Man City and can make five changes, you can basically bring on you know an entire new front line against a smaller team that have been trying to hold out, it's going to be near impossible for those teams at times to cope with this new rule. Arsenal need to exploit it, don't they? Oh, absolutely. It's there. It's there for a reason. Arsenal must take advantage of that. And I think the decision to sign players like Rafinha, Gabriel Jesus, of course, bringing in a next attacking threat, uh, multiple threats, sorry, just Mm. shows why. Because we did look strong on the wings with Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, Saka, Pepe, of course, but adding strength in depth just shows that the fire substitutions could come crucial for Arsenal. Yeah, it really, really will indeed. Um, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. There's over 500 of you that have been watching. Really appreciate the support. As always, do drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. Really appreciate the support. Bailey, thank you so much for your time. as per okay. fella. Thank you, TC, as always. And the chat box too. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. We will see you uh, a little bit later on today. There'll be another show for you out. And of course, then we'll be back tomorrow. Bailey will be back tomorrow um, with a guest. uh, And then I'll be back on Wednesday. So we look forward to that. Have a fantastic Monday morning and evening and afternoon. We'll see you very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.